Hello and welcome to the Herbicane Podcast. My name is Simon Osmo and I'm a former UK police detective turned entrepreneur and mindset coach. And on this podcast, I talk with impactful individuals from around the world who have navigated a life pivot, found themselves for a self-discovery to find that thing that we've all been looking for, a happy and fulfilled life. So the excuses are over, my friend. It's time to change our thinking so that we can change our lives and come join me as we dive into this week's conversation to learn how they became who they became. Friend, welcome back to the Who I Became podcast. This is episode 57. I'm Simon Osmo, and I'm so glad that you are here. Today's guest is Jeff Zarg. Now, I had the pleasure of doing this interview in person with Jeff at my home, which was an incredibly powerful experience. And we recorded two episodes that day back to back. Whilst recording this feature, I also appeared on Jeff's podcast, uh, Dad Awesome. So if you're interested in listening to that conversation and actually which Jeff makes me cry, um, I'll link that to the show notes below so you can go and take a listen to Jeff's podcast episode with me, Dad Awesome. So before we get into this week's podcast, I want to tell you how Jeff and I met because it's a really powerful story. So Jeff and I have a mutual friend called Brian Hansen and I saw Brian one day and he was telling me that he was preparing for a 100-mile bike ride to raise money for an organisation called Fathers for the Fatherless, which is what Jeff oversees. Now, regular listeners will know that this is something that's going to resonate with me as I grow up without a father. So whenever I get an opportunity to give back in that way, um, I always jump at the opportunity. Um, but when I went to sign up for this bike ride, uh, also I'm an avid cyclist, um, the event had closed. Now, Brian called me the night before and said, hey, not too sure what you're doing tomorrow morning. Jeff needs some help. Uh, And can you be in Minneapolis at 5am? Now, to give us some context, I live around 45, 50 minutes from Minneapolis. And I was thinking a 5am start, 40, 50 minute drive. Do I really want to be be doing this? And I I told Jeff this when we recorded his podcast. But but I decided to go knowing it was the right thing to do because it was a great cause. And I met Jeff hit it off instantly and I got to learn his powerful journey as to why he started the Dad Awesome podcast and what inspired him to start the Fathers for the Fatherless. So we're going to dive into that conversation today. Uh, This year alone, he has raised over 500,000 for children without fathers. It's an incredible, incredible, powerful conversation you're about to hear and I can't wait to share it with you. So today's action step can ask you to be brave. Before you've even listened to this episode, before you've even listened to this episode, so you don't forget, will you please do me one thing now? Go and look at your phone, look for that little square with the arrow up, which indicates the share button. Please go and share this episode with someone who you believe it's going to impact. It could be a young man, a boy, a father, someone who needs to hear a positive message today, but either has an absent father, or has a father who is present in their life, but is also absent. So I'm gonna can I ask that you do that today. Hit that share button, be brave, share this episode now, believing that the content is gonna be so strong, they're gonna to wanna to listen. Okay, have you done that? Great. So I know that was a long, long intro, but really, really so much value and action packed in this episode. I just know you're gonna love my conversation. So the intro is finally over. Let's dive into episode 56, and listen to my conversation with Jeff Azarg, the founder of Dad Awesome and Fathers for the Fatherless.
Well, Jeff Azar, welcome to the Herbert Cain podcast. I am thrilled, Simon. Thank you for inviting me. I love everything you're up to, both with your family and uh, in your coaching and cheering on your sons. And then this podcast, it's been a gift to me and encouraging me to keep chasing my dreams. Well, Jeff, I always love it as well when someone can join me in my own house. It must yes. mean that I like you because ah. you have to be a good friend of mine to come around my house. So we're going to have a lot of fun. So I know for my listeners, they're going to get so much um, from this conversation and really near and dear to my heart because a good friend of ours, a mutual friend, he was talking about doing a uh, road race, a, a cycle race for Fathers for the Fatherless. And he mentioned this to me one time. Uh, my regular listeners will know that I was born, uh, my parents separated before I was born, um, never had a father figure in my life. And I said, I I'm in for that cause. I'm in for the cause. Amazing. And then I looked on your website and the event had passed or, or the, um, allowed me to, to enter the, the city of the event had passed. And then Brian texted me the night before and said, Simon, can you get to Minneapolis at like <laughs> four or five in the morning and volunteer? And I was thinking, well, do I really want to do it? But I'm so glad that I went down and supported your event, Jeff, because Fathers for the Fatherless is, um, it, it carries a, a real torch, you know, it's, it's a real part of who I am, um, helping those people that are sort of less fortunate than ourselves and don't have a positive male role model. So I wanted to start with a long story there for my listeners, but I, I just want to really share how excited I am to talk to you. So maybe tell us, let's start off with Fathers for the Fatherless. What, what is that organization? And how did it come about? Yeah, amazing. And it was so great to meet you that morning, bright and early at the convention center in Minneapolis. And our heartbeat with that, with that organization is, is could we mobilize dads to do something hard? Because it's good for all of us to do something hard. In this case, it's biking a century, a hundred miles. Uh, but can we do it for a cause beyond ourselves? When we do things for ourselves, we only get, you know, so much value. But when we do things for others, I think it's compounded forward. And in this case, our kids are cheering for us. We're raising money for the fatherless. We're riding together as brothers. And I also think there's something about stacking habits and the bike ride fathers for the fatherless. We've done it three seasons. Now we're in five cities this year. We raise money for local and global partners as we, we really, um, we try to grow our own hearts for intentional fatherhood as we care for kids without dads. Uh, but we have it stacked. So we're getting in better shape. We're making friends. We're connecting with local churches. We're, we're learning about the fa uh, fatherlessness. We're raising money for the fatherless. And uh, we're doing all this in the context of a team. It's not a race. It's a team event. And so all these things, I think, make us better dads on the home front. So Fathers for the Fatherless, it's for these kids that don't have dads, but it makes us better dads for our own kids. And it's interesting. So I took a friend to the airport earlier on um, today, and I was just, he said, well, you didn't later on. I said, well, I'm interviewing this guy called Jeff. Really interesting guy. He's got this great organization to help sort of Fathers for the Fatherless. And straight away, he said, well, I want in. How, how, yes. how, can I, how can I help? And it's really interesting because I've never considered myself to be a victim for my circumstance. Uh, and it was actually recently my mum said to me, you know, Simon, you've achieved so much um, with, with very little. Uh, and she said, you've got to remember there's some people who actually have had a father in their life who have been absent. And that was like my friend that I was talking to uh, in the car. And he expressed a desire to get involved because I was born without a father. Whereas he had a father who was sort of absent in his life. So I guess within your organization, you must see both sides of the sort of brokenness of society, Jeff, right? We do. We do. And I actually think all of us are operating from some form of a dad wound, whether it's a completely absent fatherless or none of our dads are perfect. So there's pain passed down to all of us. And I actually think by, by choosing to enter pain um, because it was my choice to enter pain with biking 100 miles, we actually are closer to doing some of the inner work of that internal pain. Um, because all of us dads, if we're not 
purposeful, we'll accidentally pass on pain to our kids. So in this, in this case, um, welcoming dads all across that spectrum that have had a dad or haven't had a dad or anywhere in between, um, we're all saying we want to be more intentional dads that pass on life to our kids, not pain to our kids. But we do it uh, you know, shoulder by shoulder as we cycle and as we talk about, hey, let's, let's talk about things that might be hurts in our story. And all of our stories have, um, you know, d- they're all different. They're all unique. And the testimony that we live, um, we're either passing on again, uh, helpfulness to our kids or pain to them. So yeah, in a roundabout way that's trying to answer your question that, that we see every side to that story. I want to make sure my listeners really understand, you know, the magnitude of what you achieved this year, because I believe your correct me in the numbers, it was somewhere between 250000 and $300,000 is what your organization has raised for um, fatherless men. Is that right? Were yeah. those numbers right? This is our third year, and we have seen a tripling every year from when we first started. So yeah, we're still on track to hit 300000 raised. We have one more ride in, in Scottsdale, Arizona here in a week and a half, and, and that'll be our fifth ride this year. We actually introduced the first ever run this year as well. We had a team of guys uh, get out for a run together. They didn't run 100 miles themselves. They collectively ran 100 miles. But uh, yeah, we're so thankful to give that. All the money fundraised goes 100% to a local and a global partner who directly serve the fatherless. Wow. So I'm sure the listeners are going to be saying, this is a man of God here. This is, this is a saint. So, you know, Saint Zog. Is what we're <laughs> but so tell us a bit about your journey then. So where did your passion and desire come from to help those that sort of don't have a sort of a positive male role model in their life? Yeah. So I actually, like, like all of our listeners, um, I had, uh, you know, pain from my own dad. So I actually um, had my story was uh, portions of my growing up where my dad and I were hitting, you know, not, not on all cylinders. We were at a place of there was some pain there. And a friend of mine asked me, how are you becoming an intentional dad for your own girls? And I thought to myself, I was like, I don't think I am being very intentional. I'm not listening to podcasts or reading books or being mentored or have any kind of specific plan of intentional fatherhood to my, my girls. And I began a journey of learning and growing. And then, and then we, we launched a, an organization called Dad Awesome to help with intentional fatherhood. So that was actually first before Fathers of the Fatherless was Dad Awesome. But what we found is Dad Awesome was only reaching the already intentional dads. So my heart for the fatherless started from a point of realizing, man, I, I wonder if, if we actually moved in a direction of helping others versus helping ourselves. It's when we move from self-help to a mission that's bigger than ourselves. That's actually where I, my heart started to break for the fatherless was, was actually not from a maybe expected path. It was from a path of saying, I care so deeply about helping dads be awesome dads, um, but I'm not reaching a very wide spectrum of dads because many just are like, I'm too busy. I'm too overwhelmed. I'm not, I'm going to opt out versus opt into dad awesome. When we launched Fathers for the Fatherless, when we said it's not about us being intentional dads, it's about us helping others, that's when the intentionality ramped up and the compounded impact to these dads being dad awesome, uh, it happened while helping others. And I think that's a principle that plays true in life. When we start to focus on someone else and helping someone else's journey, uh, we find that our journey goes in a direction that we want it to. And I really love that word you said about sort of being intentional. And I found I drifted into that in my own life, you know, um, I hoped and I prayed that I was going to be a super dad for my, for my sons, you know, but you have a, these preconceived ideas as to what fatherhood is about. And there's been numerous times in my life where either I've had to course correct myself or my wife has because I didn't really understand what I was doing. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to sort of sure. do, the, do the best you can and you realize, you know, by default, I turned into this person who was working really hard to give my sons the things that I never had. 
but then by working really hard, it's taken me away from that relationship that, sure. that I really, really crave. So I think yeah, intentionality around fatherhood is, is a real strong word. I'm, I'm glad that you glad that you said that. Yeah, because we're, we're just being pulled in so many directions. We're being pulled. And if we let the pull direct our priorities, uh, we're in trouble. We have to fix those priorities and choose purposefully. And often it is through layers of pain and layers of resistance. And again, that kind of full circle back to the bike ride. When you choose to enter pain and get through resistance with a group of brothers, it makes us, I think, stronger on the home front to do that. Yeah, and it's okay. One of the things I didn't really have in my life was sort of role models or people that you could ask questions to. And I think I've mentioned this before on my podcast that people know that I'll, I'll talk with an open mind and open heart. But you know, I think in England, the, the culture is very reserved as well. I can't, I've got a lot of lifelong friends in England, but I wasn't as open as I am now in my life to really say, hey, you know, I'm struggling, I'm in need, or this is what's going on in my mind. So having that band of brothers, um, I don't know if everyone wants to cycle 100 miles listening to this podcast, but <laughs> having that thing is key. And so with your, the sort of class you described with your, your dad, how has that affected you into your relationship with, with your daughters? Yeah. So I'm thankful that uh, there was deep healing that actually happened with my dad and myself. Um, we launched episode one of the Dad Awesome podcast. And the next day, my dad went to the hospital and learned that he had lung cancer and brain cancer. And 100 weeks later, we launched episode 100 of the podcast. And the next day, my dad went home to heaven. So we actually had 100 weeks of building this, this organization, this nonprofit, this ministry, this podcast, Dad Awesome. Uh, we're 100 weeks of healing with my dad. He was the biggest cheerleader. So as I'm trying to grow into becoming Dad Awesome, again, it's not an arrival. We just continue to become, we choose that direction. Um, I experienced healing and a lot of forgiveness and uh, just mending of some hurts with my own dad and to a, to a just beautiful level. So that was a gift. Now, I do believe that as I experience healing on that side with my dad, it puts me in a posture to, um, to bring my daughters up without some of those hurts. Now, for sure, I'm not far from perfect, far from perfect. And, and there are no, if you, if you meet a perfect dad, don't believe him because it's not true. Like, yes, right? yeah. We all stumble forward. These are all new, uh, new experiences, new, every kid's unique. Um, but I do believe the, the intentionality positions me to bring more shiny eyes for my girls versus painful moments. And that is a, uh, it's a metric that I look at is, are my eyes shining? Because dads whose eyes shine are not perfect dads, but they often raise kids whose eyes are shining. And if you, you go into that a little bit deeper, like, like uh, kids' eyes, when they shine, that means they're feeling loved. They have an idea of their identity. They have an idea that man, they're protected and cared for. There's just some things that tie with shiny eyes and they're, they're moving towards experiencing the fullness of life versus, versus I'm getting through life. And that's, that's my prayer and my desire for my girls is that they know their dad. Uh, he, I love them. They're my daughters and I'm so glad I get to be their dad. Yeah, that, that's um, incredible. I can only imagine, I mean, and I love, I should say for people to go out and listen to your podcast, Dad Awesome, because um, at the time of recording this, your, your kids are the intro and, and I love it each time it is. Um, I keep saying to my boys, when are you going to come on my podcast? Yeah, they do that, it. so, yeah, <laughs> It's great. And so tell us a little bit about uh, how did that get into Dad Awesome? And so a lot of us started with Dad Awesome. That turned into Fathers for the Fatherless. And there's also a pivot we're going to take in there because yeah. you were a minister before, before yes. doing this thing. So maybe tell us a bit about Dad Awesome. What's the mission of that and how did that sort of start? Yeah, so I was a children's pastor. So I was helping uh, lead a team who leads these amazing kids in our church. And I was seeing... The dads, by and large, were less connected in volunteer roles, less did I see them like connected in different ministries in our church. Like the dad, because of pressures of this life, right? Like there's 
work and care for the house and this and that. There's many reasons dads lean back on their heels versus they're on their toes. They're leaning into um, presence and leadership and passion around ministry. So I saw that and uh, I, I just started offering again. It was the podcast first and then it moved into a daily text message for two years. We called it Dad Awesome Daily. Just a nudge, a little nudge to encourage them to be an intentional dad. And then it was small group curriculum helping with small groups, but all of this. And then there were some challenges. We do like the mom awesome challenge, 10 days of intentionality for dads. And, um, and we did a wisdom challenge for 30 days. And we, we've tried to offer resources to move dads in the direction of becoming dad awesome. But again, uh, we did not hit a wide spectrum of the dads in our church. It was the already intentional dads we were reaching. So we love the mission. The mission still stays true, but uh, that's where we, we moved into the pivot for our ministry was saying, Let's activate dads around a mission and a bike ride. Fathers of the Fatherless came about two years into the mission, and we're about to celebrate 200 weeks uh, of the podcast. So episode 200 is coming out here in a couple of weeks or at the time of this airs, maybe it's already out. So, so that is kind of the backstory of it was intentional fatherhood resources. And then now rides and runs are a part of that. Lots of partnerships. We're not doing any like retreats or any like we haven't written any books yet or anything like that. We just recommend out. We've got so many friends now. Uh, when you, the more podcasts I record, the more fantastic friends, mentors yes. like yourself, Simon, glad to have you on our podcast as well, um, is I just, I'm so grateful. It's amazing. The gift, you could write me a check for a hundred bucks, or you could give me some of your time. I'll take your time every day over, over money, but yet people continue to give generously their time because they care about intentional fatherhood. And uh, I would recommend those of you guys listen. I know if you want some good coaching, Simon will coach you like launching a podcast is a massive deposit in your own journey. And in your own like growth and mentorship. And uh, so it's been a gift to me leading Dad Awesome. And the biggest thing I often say to people, and it took me a while to learn this, I wasn't always always this way, is don't seek success, seek to be a person of value. Yes. And when you're a person of value, that'll bring success to you. So many times in my life, I've chased material things. And then when I've had those material things, I've still felt empty. I've still felt up that I needed more. It's never filled that void. You've really got to take what you've been given and yeah. continue to pay that pay that forward. So here's a question for you then. So we've got a successful project, Dad Awesome. We've got a successful um, podcast. Well, actually, with Dad Awesome podcast, successful project in the Fathers for the Fatherless. But you started off as a minister. So you took a real big pivot from being, you know, like a sort of a pastor, minister of a church into this entrepreneurship journey. So yeah. I'd love to hear... Um, how you think the Lord either may have guided you or put people in your life. What was that transition look, look like? Yeah. So it starts with my best friend, my, my wife, Michelle. She prayed early on. She prayed. She saw, um, she saw deep passion in me as, as Dad Awesome started. And she started praying, God, could this become a full-time thing for my husband? She knew that it was just like, this is, she knew I was entrepreneurial. She knew I was deeply passionate about fatherhood. And she knew that it was already like it was a it was a trick to balance different roles, right? Starting this ministry while while leading as a full time pastor, and so it started with her prayers, and then it led to there's a story of Jesus walking with his disciples, and uh, they said later the disciples didn't recognize him. This is after he raised from the dead, and they they said later, didn't our hearts burn within us when we were talking with him? And that is part of my discernment process to make a pivot, to make a a big leap of faith. Is is my heart burning more and more with passion for this? Or is it less and less, or is it just plateaued out? And for me, those years, and it was about two and a half years 
of doing both, doing both, and that, which is wisdom for a lot of people. Yes. Let's do both. Yes, it, is. it was about two and a half years for me. And it was some open conversations with my boss, our lead pastors early on. I was like, hey, could I, I asked for some time during the workday, but most of it was my day off and my evenings and mornings. And uh, they, they saw value in investing in it, but they said, let's be careful to keep it separate in case it goes bigger. And it did go bigger. And my heart continued to burn with passion at a higher level. But then there was some actually, um, there was some support, financial support in me jumping out from, from the church, which is such a miracle that a church says, not only are we going to let you go off of staff, like we see this in you, but we're going to help fund some of your runway. And so that's a good litmus test as well. If there's money attached and, and is the, am I seeing the impact increasing? And that's what the Fathers for the Fatherless initiative, all of a sudden emails, text messages, introduction, connections really ramped up. People wanted to be a part and they wanted me to come to their city to be a part, which is part of the reason I'm hopping in an RV to do a massive tours because more of these cities are saying, oh, come, come. And I don't want to be a dad who flies away from my kids to go tell other dads to be present with their own kids. So that's why it's an RV tour. Yeah, you're a bit trapped there, right, Jeff? Yep, you? Yep. I can't be that. I can't lead dad awesome and be a fly out, fly back dad. I, we're going to do it as a family and travel with my four daughters. So long story to say, uh, you just discerning like, is this an all in? And for me, it was the heart burning with more passion. And there was some fuel, some finances to make the pivot. Uh, but it's still a risk for sure. As a dad of four with them, uh, you know, my wife doesn't work right now. She's, she works harder than I do, but as a stay at home mom is her main role. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, what you described there is very true that a lot of people are thinking, you know, I've got this idea. Um, I feel like this is where my heart and passion is. But taking that leap of faith, is very challenging, is very daunting, um, and, and it makes it very hard to do. But we, we do have to walk by faith, um, you know, but it's, uh, it's what you've described is I'm sure what a lot of listeners are contextualizing in their own minds against either maybe a hobby, a job, or a relationship. There's all these questions, and sometimes we, we tend to become more withdrawn and choose not to act than to actually act and, and move forward is um, difficult. Yeah, I mean, that is that is one of my biggest, like, like this is what I get massively passionate about is why, like, why do most people wait for someone else to go first? It's very common in my circle of friends that the people will wait for someone else to go first to plan this small group or to plan this camping trip or to plan this or to start that podcast or to start this or that. Like often people wait to be invited versus I'll go first and I'll invite others. It's, it's amazing how many, if you think of, if you use the fire analogy, how many, how many, how few of my friends are the first one to say, let's build a fire. Often, once the fire's going, people will volunteer and help and support. And it could be that I'm just an, like, I'm, I'm just filled up with this entrepreneurial spirit and most people don't have it. They're like, let's build this. But I, I see like an opportunity and I'm pointing at that mountain. I'm like, let's go there. Who's with me? And I just don't see many other people saying, Let's go. This is wrong. We should do something about it. Let's go there. And that's one of my biggest hopes is to, through the bike ride, Fathers for the Fatherless, through the podcast, could I spark more dads, specifically dads, who say, I'll go first. I'll be a first person to take ground. I'll be the starter of this, this ministry or this initiative or this podcast or this mission trip. Like, I just think we need more people that say, we'll, we'll lean in on their toes, like I said earlier, instead of lean on their heels and wait for somebody else. Uh, and it's just, it's not that common to see people. And I love that about you, Simon. You're like an, an all in, I'll go first yes, kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, there, there's no, and it's also a character defect, Jeff, as well, but there's, there's no second. You, you, you've got to go all in. Every, yes. Everything is, you know, you've got to be in it to, to win it. And that's just um, who I am. But I love to try and give some of that to, to other people. But 
Yeah, and around entrepreneurship then, so so hearing, you know, making the change, I mean, what challenge, what has been your biggest challenge, would you say, from being a, an employee to, you know, running these two organizations that I know that both are really growing significantly? Yeah, and then if you add in the fact that the, the core value, the core purpose of the organization is intentional fatherhood and helping make sure kids are not fatherless. So, so I'm leading something that's growing with all kinds of opportunities. But if I don't get it right on the home front, if I don't make sure that my girls still see me as a present yeah. intentional dad, then it would a, what a loss, right? To be all in for a mission called Dad Awesome and then to not be an awesome dad to my own family. So it's, it's massively difficult because I have 18 ideas in front of me and traction and partners that want to fund or want me to get going after all these ideas. And I have to discern what things to say yes to and what things to say no to. I brought up the example of a daily text message for two yeah. years. That was difficult to shut down for me because we had traction, hundreds and hundreds of people saying, I want that daily text message. I shut it down. Um, now, how do I make that decision? My wife, who I mentioned, my best friend, Michelle, she's helped me discern what things to shut down, what things to go after, what things not to go after. Um, I have a board that helps me with some of those decisions. Um, partially, you look at, hey, in the landscape of what's helping keep this thing alive. So funding sources, what you got you to gotta discern with that a little bit. Um, I think, though, uh, the biggest thing that's helped me is I take one day per month. I try to make it the first business day of the month. And I did this actually when I was on staff earlier for a church, another organization. I used uh, PTO time for this. I take one day a month as a prayer and planning day that I look back 30 days and I look forward 30 days and I try to listen to the voice of God and I try to do what he says. So discernment, and this is, uh, this is key. I don't think if we just hustle, 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 I, I call it, it's the motorboat versus the sailboat. The motorboat burns fuel and fuel is expensive. It's loud. And there's a lot of powering moving forward. A sailboat, you get pointing in the right direction with the right rigging. There's massive power. It's peaceful. It's silent. Now, I guess a big storm wouldn't be peaceful, but I want to I wanna lead this organization forward a sailboat strategy with the wind of the Holy Spirit, the power of God leading and not a motorboat strategy. So, so that prayer day, that prayer and planning day is massive for me. And even your listeners who faith is not in the equation. Um, still taking time to get silent and to process what happened and to think strategically about what's coming. It's not just hustle, hustle, hustle. I think there's massive value. So that is probably my main tool to make sure to discern forward is that prayer and planning day once a month. I like that. I really like that. And um, I'm going to start doing that in my own life. Do it. But, yeah, I'll keep I'm, you I'm, accountable. I'm, yes. Keep me accountable. Yes. I'm going to write it down. Yeah, definitely <laughs> because it is hard. I mean, when you are that shiny penny syndrome that I sometimes have, oh, there's an idea here and there's an idea there, but you've got to well, whatever it looks like, you've got to keep move, moving forward, but you do have to acknowledge where you've come from as well to make That's sure right. you're doing the right, right things. And so, Jeff, what, what inspires you then? So what are the things, I mean, we mentioned about, you know, the, the, uh, being a father and um, being there for the fatherless, but what, what, what inspires you? I think pain fuels my passions, like, like pain. Um, a few of my friends that um, have, have just walked out some painful decisions that have brought pain to their kids their stories inspire me because there's deep heartache around some of those friendships. My own dad, like some of that journey, that pain has inspired me. It's fueled me with passion. So when you say what's inspiring me, I actually think um, the more I can um, bring myself closer in proximity to pain, uh, as much as I don't like it, it makes me more passionate. So it's easy to try to insulate ourselves from pain. We're sitting in this amazing recording studio right now and we, we hang up like it's not insulation, but it's sound dampening, right? Like it's uh, if we use separators, insulation to keep us away from pain, if we're, dis if we're you know, at a distance from the fatherless or if we're at a distance from, so, from just painful situations, I think our passion levels off and we, be we begin to coast. 
But if we can get closer to pain by serving others, by hearing people's stories, podcast is good for that because you, you really do yeah. empathize with people's pain. Um, if we can get closer to our kids when they're experiencing pain versus push them aside, the closer we can get to pain, the closer I think we can get to our passion stoked up to do something, to be a man, to be a person who's taking action. So, so that is the thing that inspires me is actually stories and uh, situations of great pain. They fuel me with passion. And I love that. And I was thinking of a story in my own life that my youngest son is a big uh, soccer player, a budding soccer player, and he has more skills and gifts than I've ever been been given. You know, he's fun to fun to watch. I've seen the videos, by the way. And he, is, it, he is a stud. He is, yeah. And people should check out my Instagram handle. That's <laughs> where some of the stuff in there. He is, he is pretty good. I've got to say that. And I would say that because I'm his dad. But on his first game, you know, he's moved soccer teams a few times. Uh, and he's now in a team in Minneapolis. And on the first um, game of the season, they lost something like 7 or 8 nil or 7 to 8 zero, you might say, in the US. And I can remember his, you know, and I moved him to his, his only ask of me was, Dad, find me a better, better club. And I moved him to this club and they lose 7 or 8 nil. And he came off the, the pitch and his head was down. And, you know, his just look to me just sort of said he was dejected. Um, and, it, and his look just sort of said, you know, Dad, what, what have you done? Um, and I just looked at him and said, Mason, I said, you know, what, what can you learn uh, about this? And he expressed what he thought he could learn from the game. And I just said, you know, Daddy's gonna, Dad's going to fix this for you because part of it was on me. And I think it was, I say that story because it was triggering in my mind that sort of being vulnerable and admitting our mistake, um, that, that is a key to being a sort of a, a good father is to, to say, hey, this is... I made a mistake here. I'm going to correct it. I moved you to this club thinking it was better. And, and, and dad was sort this out because I just saw the look and the pain on his face and his pain touched on me to say, I don't, I don't want to see that in my, in my son. Well, and, and just to add one more story to your story, mm -hmm. that's precious. Um, I have, I've been given from, from my heavenly father an image. And it, I think imagery, it actually is really good to grab onto images because it's just if you hear principles, it's easy to kind of get garbled and stuff, but an image, I can see a scoreboard on the wall and on that scoreboard is the infinity sign. It's infinity. Now, the number infinity, you can't add to or subtract from. And, and the scoreboard is tied with your heavenly father has set the scoreboard to infinity. And because actually sports for me was a point of earning love for my dad or getting less love if I performed on the uh, on the on the basketball court, I could earn love from him or lose love from my dad. Um, it was accidental; it was not purposeful. But I don't want to say Jeff is six foot seven. seven. Inches. Yeah, you, you should have had a lot of love uh, there, really. Well, that, there's another funny story with yeah. that. But um, I just think for for your son, he felt that in that moment. You're you're unconditional. I'm for you. Of course, I'm not perfect, but I love you, uh, regardless of what that score was. And I think we all need to know that whether it's a pivot in our journey or if it's how well we feel like we're doing in our parenting role or in our career in our marriage, like your heavenly father has set the scoreboard to infinity and we can't mess with that. No matter what we perform, how many listeners to a podcast, how many people go on a bike ride, how much money is raised for the fatherless, I haven't affected that score at all. The love for my heavenly father has not gone up a bit. And if I screw everything up and everything implodes, the love doesn't go down. I, I think that's the biggest thing is identity as sons and daughters of God that we can't mess with it. And your son felt that in that moment, which is amazing. Yeah, that's good. And so the first, or I said, the final topic I want to cover, which is the most deepest, yeah. I, I believe, is that a lot of what you do is for fathers for the fatherless and then dad awesome. But a lot of the hurts and pain starts well before then. You know, we're talking about young men that are growing up with no positive male role models. There's not a father figure. 
uh, quite often they could be that sort of father figure to, to others. I mean, what, what, is, um, what should we be doing, Jeff, as I go forward with, with the younger generation? Obviously, you're picking them up as fathers. But what can we all be doing as the young, for the younger generation that are growing up with sort of absent fathers? And I said, that's a deep question. That's why I left deep. it to the end. It is. Well, I, I, I go back to the shiny eyes. And, you know, some of there was recently, uh, there's been a few uh, YouTube clips that have gone viral of just some really heartbreaking things that, that, and we see it actually, if we look at all of the ills in our society, it's, it's, it stems from fatherlessness. All the statistics are, um, and anyone can go Google some statistics about fatherlessness and how it affects um, from, from prison to crime to um, outcomes, uh, test scores, obesity. Like, so, so my answer is it's highly complicated and we cannot solve. We are not smart enough and we do not have the means to solve the trajectory of deep pain. But we have a God in heaven who, who wants us to play a role in being a part of that. Sol- and, and, and everything's moving. To, like, we, uh, we get to join the work of heaven, more of heaven on earth, and it comes through shiny eyes. I believe we have opportunities at every soccer game you're at. There are a percentage of those kids on the team that probably don't have a present father or don't have an intentional father who, are not, who do not understand the unconditional love I was just talking about a second mm-hmm. ago. So I think we can look for from at the playground to the soccer team, to the school, to a church, in our churches. Um, there are so many opportunities to look and speak life. This is speak words of life. We use the tagline, adding life to the dad life. Well, we can, we can add life um, without them being our biological kids or you know, our adopted kids. We can to other people's. Um, so I just think it's, are we on the lookout to speak words of life, to encourage, to say, uh, you're like to just compliment someone for showing respect. Or I think we just, we need more people, men and women, that are they're looking to speak words of encouragement in life versus it's just so easy to uh, to point out what's wrong. Let's point out what's right. Let's catch people. Let's be cheerleaders of like character and and uh, resilience, and let's be cheerleaders of of man. You have purpose and you have destiny. So so as much as that's kind of a lofty answer, I think it's uh I think it ties into like we actually can use our words to affect the trajectory of someone's life. And we hear st- there's stories all the time about that. That gym teacher this year said this to yes. me and it sent me on this trajectory. And so I think if we're on the lookout in that way, and then of course there's opportunities to match with mentorship type opportunities. There's, uh, there's ways to serve in our local churches and be a, a Sunday school teacher or this or that, but I uh, coach to a, a, a team, a rec team. So, so I do think it's, it's choose to look to others beyond yourself and believe that your words have more power than you know. I love that. And, you know, I think in my own life, I mean, my dear mother, she was a, uh, she was a mum and a dad uh, to me, you know, so there's a lot of people in a very difficult um, situation. I do want to address my listeners for a moment. So I'm going to ask Jeff a question, but I really want you to open your hearts and listen to this. So I'm sure someone somewhere in your life either has the absent father, that person is not there for them physically like, like I had, or it could be that you know, of, of, of a man who's not in a child's life. Um, and for whatever reason, it could be work. That person doesn't have the skills, the gifts. But they just weren't raised in a way where they know what it means to, to be a father. So before I get asked Jeff this question, just think of who that person is. Just, just think of a name. Who doesn't have a father figure in their life or who has a man in their life that is absent? And I'm going to ask Jeff now, how can people support your organization, Jeff? Because you're doing amazing, amazing things and you're changing the lives of men, not only here in the US, across the world. So 
I've asked people to visualize a person. How can they come alongside your organization and help you? I'm very grateful. And I, I have someone in my mind right now, in my heart, that I, um, I feel like uh, that, that's such a great setup question because let's make it real versus like just kids in general. Let's, mm. let's put a name and a face. And, um, so the ways to support is to, um, is to first be what we're talking about here. Um, be someone who encourages, speaks life. Like that's the first way to support what we're up to is just be up to uh, going after those same principles and, and be a part of this wave of encouragement um, and uh, life-giving encouragement. So the other, uh, the other side is join us, like join us on a bike ride or a run. We're going to be likely in five to eight cities next year. And um, that's uh, Fathers for the Fatherless is just f4f.bike. And, uh, and then Dad Awesome, you can join us, listen to the podcast, hear about other resources we have. Uh, we're partnering. Churches are coming to us um, in, in, a, in a fast clip right now of saying we want to be a part of being a dad awesome church that encourages um, all these things. Dadawesome.org is that website for the podcast. And um, so that those are the main things is like, let's be let's be what we're talking about. But then if you want to join, yeah, certainly there's some that's intersection points. And the Dad Awesome podcast, I, I love it. I get so much from you, Jeff, and from your guests. So uh, really honored and privileged that you joined me in my own home yes. to, to record this episode. So it, it's been me. a lot of fun. So Jeff Sword, uh, thank you for joining me on the Who I Became podcast. Thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast. To help spread this inspiring story, be sure to share it with your friends, hit the like button, and of course, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out on any future episodes. We'd also love to hear how this story impacted you. So leave us a comment on whatever platform you're watching us from. To learn more about this episode, our guests, or Simon, head over to simonosimo slash podcast and sign up to receive the latest information delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast.